0: Hey everyone, it's the Bling Vare podcast for Thursday, December 15th. We're going to talk about the Moscow murders pretty much through the entirety of the episode, so not a whole lot of news. I might talk about my day, too, in the third segment, so I'll try and keep things focused in the first two segments. Thanks so much for listening. You guys are the coolest. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Bling. Let's talk about those Moscow murders, shall we? This is from Yahoo.com. This is Fox News. Nothing political, so don't worry. Idaho murders, knife possibly used in slayings known to dull quickly, likely also caused injury to attacker. Moscow, Idaho, the fixed blade kabar style knife police are reportedly searching for in connection with the violent murders of four University of Idaho students, is known to dull quickly and would have likely caused injury to the attacker because of the physical force required, an expert told Fox News Digital. Police have said since early in the investigation that they are looking for a fixed blade knife that was believed to have been used in the November 13th quadruple homicide. The Idaho statesman spoke to a Moscow building supply store manager earlier this month who said police had asked if the business sold Kabar kabar knives. Kabar? Is it Kabar? The store does not sell them. Jonathan Gilliam, a former FBI special agent and law enforcement officer, told Fox News Digital the type of knife involved in the crime sheds light on the way in which the attack could have progressed. Gilliam, also a former U.S. Navy SEAL, said he personally has experience with kabar knives, which he said dull quickly and are often used for survival-centric activities, such as skinning the bark off a tree, digging a hole, or cutting leather. It's not going to be as thin and able to slice as other knives, he said, and when you do get it sharp, it's going to dull again just because of the nature of the fact that it's kind of a fat blade. The tip of the knife, he said, is known to break off. Kabar knives are more frequently used for cuts that involve thrusting motions instead of smoother motions, Gilliam further explained. A thrusting is much more a physical activity, he added, and so the more you do that, the more tired you're going to be. The tip of the knife, oh, excuse me, correction. Gilliam added that he expected that the killer would have shown signs of bruising or cuts on the other side of his or her hand, and as the blade gets duller, it becomes more slippery, he said. It's a tremendous amount of effort That you are knowingly putting out for the purpose of killing, he said. It's a tremendous amount of effort that you are knowingly putting out for the purpose of killing, he said. Gilliam told Dr. Phil Monday that investigators would likely see a progression of smaller and smaller wounds on the victims as the killer carried out the attack, which likely grew more physical with each person. That makes sense, actually. That makes sense. Um, Tuesday marked one month since e- Ethan Chapin and Zana Carnado, both 20- 20 and 21-year-olds Kaylee Goncalves and Madison Mogan, were discovered fatally stabbed inside the girls' off-campus home. The victims' bodies were discovered just before noon on November 13th, so we're we're a month into it. And everyone knows all this stuff, so I don't think it's worth um, rehashing all of it, unless this is your first time kind of trying to get caught up on everything. I'll kind of gloss over this First part, but I'm not going to keep repeating the same thing. Um, I'll try not to at least. Officials have said they believe the victims were asleep when they were attacked between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Each victim suffered several stab wounds and some showed signs of trying to defend themselves. Sorry for the background noise, too. There's always something happening around here. <laughs> Give me, um, excuse me for one second here. You know. Can't stand loud, loud cars. The homicides were carried out on the second and third floors. Two other roommates were on the bottom floor of the home and were unharmed, police said. Moscow police officers responded around 11.58 a.m. to a report of an unconscious person at the address, but several people had gathered at the crime scene by the time police had arrived, officials said. The 911 call originated from inside the residence and came from one of the surviving roommates' cell phones, police said. Multiple people allegedly spoke to the dispatcher before officers arrived. Police are analyzing 113 pieces of physical evidence and about 4,000 photos from the scene. They have also received more than 2,600, basically 20, um, 2,645 emails and over 27 or 2,770 calls to the Mo- city of Moscow tip line. Police said the FBI has received more than 1,084 digital media submissions. Last week, police revealed they had received tips and leads about a white 2011-2013 to Hyundai Elantra spotted near the crime scene in the early morning hours of November 13th. They are seeking to speak with the person or people who were inside the vehicle and are asking the public for any information. The Moscow Police Department is urging the public to submit any images or information considered important or useful to their investigation. The public can do so by calling 208 883-7180. Eight eight three seven one eight zero. Submitting tips through tipline at ci.moscow.id.us Once again, tipline at ci.moscow.id.us or sending digital media information. So that's one news source there. I'll try not to repeat myself, but I'm just going to go through some headlines here. If you guys don't mind. KTVB7. Moscow murders. Police have identified patterns in the investigation. Moscow police captain Roger Lanier said in a video posted Thursday that they have over 22,000 registered white Hyundai Elantras to sort through. And this is from today. It was published about oh a couple hours ago. On KTVB seven, Moscow, Idaho, Moscow Police Department has identified certain patterns in the quadruple student murder investigation, leading them to sort through over twenty-two thousand white cars that could be the one they are looking for. It's been more than a month since twenty-year-old Ethan Chapin, twenty-one-year-old um, Madison Mogan, twenty-year-old Zana Carnaudle, twenty-one-year-old Kaylee Goncalves were pronounced dead on November 13th from a stabbing at the house on King Road near the University of Idaho campus. Again, I apologize. A lot of this stuff is going to be me just repeating the same thing. Police are looking to speak to the occupants of the car, which was in the immediate area of King Road, November 13th, 22,000 Hyundai Elantras. A Moscow Police Department news release said that police still ask for more information from the public. Lanier said in the video that investigators began looking for video footage in the area that would have recorded anything the day of the crimes. Police contacted multiple businesses to ask them for footage. We weren't trying to pigeonhole our investigation by saying that the suspect lives in the area. We were trying to cover all our bases, Leonier said. All right, well, are asking for any available videos from residents and businesses within the area of West Taylor Avenue, West Polous River Drive, Highway 95 south to 2700 block of Highway 95 south and the Arboretum and Botanical Garden, who have video surveillance at their home or business between 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. on Sunday, November 13th. There's still no suspect that has been announced. If digital media video can be submitted at fbi.gov backslash Moscow, Idaho, tip line at ci.moscow.id.us. That's emailed to tipline at ci.moscow.id.us, and digital media video can be submitted at fbi.gov backslash Moscow, Idaho. Tip line, once again, 208-883-7180. I can squeeze in one more article here. KTVB7, lawyer representing family of Kaylee Goncalves criticizes lack of accountability from Moscow police. Attorney Shannon Gray says Kaylee's family is asking for more accountability and communication from authorities. Moscow, Idaho, KREM, Two has learned that the family of Kaylee Goncalves met with investigators and the Lata County Prosecutor on Monday, and with them, Attorney Shannon Gray, who says the family is asking for more accountability and communication from authorities. Gray says Kaylee's family supports law enforcement and is grateful for the amount of resources on the case, but he says they have done a poor job of keeping families in the loop. Obviously, there is sensitive information that police are not giving out, but Gray says when it comes to the small updates they are sharing, Kaylee's family is hearing about it on Facebook and news reports. Like the Bling Vera podcast. We got 30 seconds left in the segment. Well, I'm telling you, Kayleigh Gon- this is my opinion. We're, we're going to break from this um, article for the time being until we get to the second segment, which is 25 seconds away. Um, I've said it before. Kaylee Goncalves told her friends and family she had a stalker. Um, there, I think it's excellent that Shannon Gray is an attorney for the Goncalves family because there is something fishy here. I know it's just my opinion. It's speculation, blah, 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 but it's not right. It's just not. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the second segment. Let's get back into that KTVB7 um, article here. In an interview with KREM2, Gray said another point of frustration is the fact that investigators haven't really interviewed Kaylee's family throughout the investigation. They just recently, I think, interviewed some of the families, Gray said. But the Gonkalves family, they've given them a questionnaire to fill out about some information, but they haven't sat down with them and asked them a lot of questions that they should have been asking a long time ago. The family is probably the most important piece of information you can get about the habits of the individuals that were involved. End quote there. Gray says Kaylee's family is also upset with the rumors and conspiracies being spread online. During the start of the investigation, KREM, 2 heard some conflicting statements from officials that had to be walked back. Moscow police are still asking people to remain vigilant and to report any tips or suspicious activity. Information can be submitted through the following tip lines. We've already gone over that a few times now with those tip lines. This is from ABC7 idaho update kaylee gonkov's father reveals new details as authorities continue hunt for answers and this is from today uh this morning this article again this is abc7 moscow idaho new details have been revealed on the idaho college murder mystery one victim's father is sharing stunning new information about his daughter's horrific killing as investigators expand their search pressure and frustration in is growing in Idaho as the hunt for a murderer hits 30 days with no results. You can feel it here in Moscow. It's just a very heavy cloud. It's a hard place to be, said Robbie Johnson, the spokesperson for the Moscow Police Department. Johnson told ABC News they brought in an army of experts and FBI support to comb through new tips about the white Hyundai Elantra seen in the immediate area in the early morning hours of November 13th. We'd like to know who was in that car that night, where it might be now. It could be in a different state. We have resources across the country that are ready to jump on any information we can provide on that and follow those leads and talk to whoever is in that car, Johnson said. Local businesses are heeding the call by turning over surveillance video or anything that might help. They said that ours was actually one of the best, like clearest they can see clear across to the other side of the road. So they were kind of hopeful when they did get that footage, said Kelly Kimberling, a Moscow business owner. With new details, authorities are re-interviewing residents in hope of bringing back memories. They're aware of people talking about that happening, Johnson said, when asked about reports of people nearby hearing a scream. And of course, they're looking into that type of thing. Every bit of information that comes in there, they're looking into The university is also preparing to close for winter break after holding commencement ceremonies over the weekend, honoring Zana Karnadal, Ethan Chapin, Madison Mogan, and Kaylee Gonkals, who was set to graduate. Man. Instead, her father Steve is desperate for answers and pleading with authorities to find the person and the weapon responsible. This is a brutal weapon. It sounds like it was a professional-type weapon that couldn't break and weren't wounds, they were like large punctures, Steve Goncalves said. My God. <clears throat> um, Steve, along with Kaylee's mother, Christy, and their lawyer sat down with ABC News. I think this person went in very methodical. I think he really thought it out. I think he was quick. I think it was quiet. He got in and he got out, Christy said. They are frustrated with the slow movement of the case as this case hit one month. Yeah. Imagine if you're a parent and you have pertinent information to this like that. You're asking me to just shut up. It's not going to happen, Steve said. Yeah. that's Steve calls, right? Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's what a father should do. That's what a father should say. Imagine if you're a parent and you have pertinent information to this like that you're asking me to just shut up it's not going to happen like i he wants answers so does everybody else and the police are like no 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 keep it down keep it down don't don't speculate don't say anything don't come up with any ideas don't put the pieces together yeah we're behind it right or what i mean why else would the police be so freaking like sorry they're also desperate for more people to search their video cameras for the white car in question. It's another little piece of evidence. It's exciting for us. Yeah, I'll bet. At this point, they are unaware if police have gained full access to Kaylee's phone or other devices, something that is crucial to the investigation. They also expressed concern that the coroner is also a defense attorney. The Goncalves are planning a celebration of life. Excuse me. Hang on a sec. I apologize, I had to wet my whistle, sorry. Um, the Gone Calls are planning a celebration of life on December 30th for both Kaylee and Madison. Authorities have asked them not to put out a reward, but they said that they might later and continue to be pursued by private investigators. Like, the cops are like, don't put out a reward. Don't get people to try and solve this murder. We're, we're, we're figuring it out a month later with nothing. Don't put a reward out. Don't do that. Because people might solve it, and then they'll figure out it's us. The message can't be, you send your kids to school, have a disastrous thing that happened like this, and it gets ignored, or it doesn't get resolved, Steve said. Yeah. He knows something. I think Steve Goncalves knows something's up. It's like, yeah, they're just trying to sweep it under the rug. It just gets ignored. It doesn't get resolved. cold case. Like, that's... That's a family member. I'm not a parent myself. Let me finish this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right now, people in this normally close-knit college town are being asked to remain vigilant, to travel in pairs, and stick to well-lit areas. In fact, authorities said this is a new way of life in Moscow, at least for now. Is it now? all right i'll still okay hang on i'll get to the third segment this is from abc news idaho murders person in white car spotted on video has critical information police say again this is from today about four hours ago i think police investigating the mysterious murders of four university of idaho students say they're confident that the person of persons in a white hyundai elantra spotted near the crime scene has information that is critical. Authorities announced on December 7th that they're looking to speak with the occupant or occupants of a white 2011-2013 Hyundai Elantra that was in the immediate area of the victim's house in Moscow in the early hours of November 13th when the crimes occurred. Police said they're investigating a surveillance video from Moscow gas station that shows a white car that morning. So far, we have a list of approximately 22,000 registered white Hyundai Elantras that fit into our criteria that we're sorting through. Moscow police, Captain Roger Le- and a video statement on thursday but it may not be all of them so the public can help us okay maybe one of your neighbors has one in the garage they don't drive that often exactly what did i just i just said that the other day it's going to be in a garage or a storage unit period there's nowhere else it's going there it's just going to be gone and they're not going to drive it anymore why doesn't anyone listen to me i'm serious it pisses me off sometimes Maybe there's one, of, one that's just not on the registration database. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe there's one with swapped license plates or one with swapped something. There's something gross and disgusting in Utah and Idaho, and it's evil. <clears throat> it's evil, man. Yeah, I'll get into it in the third segment. There's like a minute and a half le- left. There's something evil happening in Salt Lake City, in Idaho, in that area of the country, and it's bad and nobody seems to care. It's just another day, the post-pandemic dystopian present that we're living in right now. It's desensitized everybody and everyone is just looking out for numero uno and there's nothing wrong with that. But at some point we've got to wake up and start opening our eyes here and know who your neighbors are and start like looking, reading between the lines. Because this country is not the same anymore. There's people getting away with murder every single day across the country. And this is a perfect example of more people like trying to get away with murder. Wrong place, wrong time, whatever. But they're trying to do something that's not right here and it's evil. And I think Steve Goncalls, Kaylee's father, is totally on to it. He, he can smell a rat. Look, there's no way anyone can know who did it or the police are responsible or whatever. But there's something not right here. There just isn't. A month later and there's just nothing. Fixed blade military style knife and there's just nothing. All right, well, don't offer a reward. Keep your mouth shut. All right, let's continue in this third segment, home stretch. Same article from ABC, what, ABC 15, wasn't it? Or ABC 7, rather. Let me, hold, let me make double check. ABC News. It just says ABC News on my end. Um, I'm sorry. I apologize. How unprofessional. We're not releasing specific details because we do not want to compromise this investigation. And this is from Lenier, the Moscow P- PD chief from... Kaylee's dad urges anyone... Steve gone, calls urges anyone in Moscow with a surveillance system to come forward. He said he's worried that now that a month has passed, some of those key videos could be erased. Steve is, Steve is trying to do something. He's trying to get things done. He's speaking out. Whether the police agree with it or not, that's irrelevant to me. He's doing what he knows is right. He's, he knows the clock is ticking. Anyone who's watched the first 48, the crime-murder-mystery show anyone who's watched the first 48 knows you have 48 hours and after that everything starts to fall apart forensics uh um evidence witnesses all of it it starts to unravel and go away and disappear we're still looking for this car you could save this case he told abc news Lanier said Tuesday that police have been looking for surveillance video since day one. I'm sure they have. We understand that video has a finite life, and sometimes systems will record over itself, and so we started that process very, very early. Mm-hmm. I don't trust those police at all. I don't trust the University of Idaho police. I don't trust University of Utah police. There's something evil happening in this world. It's not the same country, and it's not the same world. It's an upside-down la-la land now. Everyone's working so hard, working two jobs. We're all spending so much money on this inflation bullshit. Idaho Murders. This is from Fox 13, Seattle. Idaho Murders. Coroner weighs in on toxicology reports, describes her role in case. Moscow, Idaho. The Moscow coroner, who also happens to run her own law office in the center of town, said the toxicology reports for four slain University of Idaho students aren't relevant to the case. Quote, they can be related to cause or manner of death, but they are not in this case. End quote. Kathy Mabit said of the tests that determined whether alcohol or drugs were in a person's system when they died. She added that the results are unlikely to offer any new clues for investigators. The autopsies were performed by the Spokane Medical Examiner's Office, but the full reports won't reach Mabit's hand Hands until the toxicology reports are back from the lab. Typically three to eight weeks after the specimens are collected, she said. Okay, so it's been four weeks. As of Thursday... Oh, as of Thursday, the coroner had not received the results. Mabbitt, who was elected Lawta County Coroner in 2006, was tasked with determining the cause and manner of death For murdered students Kaylee Goncalves, we all know who they are: Madison Mogan, Ethan Chapin, and Zana Kranal. The four friends were brutally stabbed between three and four a.m. College town of twenty-five thousand. It's been really difficult, especially not knowing who did it and not having someone in custody, Mabit told Fox News Digital in a sit-down interview Thursday. Mabbitt visited the crime scene and reached out to each family member to disclose details from the autopsies. The students were ambushed as they slept in their beds at 1122 King Road with a large fixed-blade knife. Each victim had multiple stab wounds. The belongings of the victims of the University of Idaho quadruple home are removed from the house. So oh, that's a picture. It had to be a really big knife to inflict those injuries and kill four people. How terrible. Gonkove's father told Fox News Digital in an exclusive interview Sunday that Mabit described the wounds as tears and big open gouges. My God. I bet that just has to just tear you up inside as a parent. As a father. Just to think. I mean, I'm not a parent. Let me finish this. At least one victim had defensive wounds, which suggested she awoke during the attack. I deal with a lot of sadness, but this is pretty extreme. It's pretty unusual for us to get homicides, let alone four at a time. Mabot's duties as coroner involve investigating one to two suspicious deaths a week and given her primary job as a defense lawyer, the two roles can intersect. Well, I... I her law office picked up convicted killer James Curtis Leonard's most recent bust for assault. What does that mean? More than a decade earlier, Mabbott was the coroner who determined the cause of death for the man Leonard shot dead outside his home in Genesee. Police have said he isn't connected to the slayings. I don't know what any of this means. I would never get appointed on a case where there's a murder or accidental death that there's in Lata County because I'm a witness for the state. Yeah, she sounds... She sounds like... Before embarking on a career in law, Mubbit worked full-time as an ER nurse at... Yeah, she sounds... About six years ago, she chose to focus exclusively on her law practice. I think... um, I don't think she's... I think it's fine. It sounds like she's... Speaking the truth, it sounds like she's affected sort of emotionally by this, but not compromised. Moscow has had its share of killings, but the quadruple homicide is the first they haven't known who did it in a short period of time. It, the first time they haven't known who did it in a short period of time. The town had a particularly bloody year in May 2007 when Jason Hamilton murdered his wife at home. A Moscow police officer at the courthouse and a janitor at the First presidential across the street before turning his weapon on himself. Well, that's all the news that I have on this. At least all the news that I bothered to um, relate to you guys. All my fans and listeners tuning in at home. All my new fans and listeners, too, tuning in for the first time. Well, I've, try- I've tried to mention that I- I've wanted to take this podcast up a notch or two, but I... I- I truly feel that my experience in salt lake city utah for everyone that's not aware or familiar with this podcast um, i've been through some not so fun times here ever since april it's a long story Um, if you're still buying or selling anything on ebay don't do it because they'll rip you off or steal your money or make your life even worse if more difficult your uphill battle will be even more uphill it'll be like a sheer cliff if you're buying or selling anything on ebay so don't do it and ever since april of this year um yeah i guess what eight eight months in the making now it's been difficult for me to get anywhere um from sleeping bag homeless to being attacked in my sleep as as a homeless person as a homeless person sleeping just sleeping bag no tent no anything i stayed away from the 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 shelters mainly. I stayed away from like the downtown streets mostly, but I, I would kind of go off and sleep by myself uh, to avoid getting things stolen or, or what have you, getting messed with in the middle of the night. Um, it's scary though, um, being homeless and being out there in the streets. But that experience, and I, I was on, I was only sleeping bag homeless for twenty five days. Um, however, you want to look at it, twenty five days is. A fairly long time to be sleeping bag homeless, if you ask me. But some people have been doing it for years. Um, so yeah, they might scoff at my story. But my point to all this is, during that three weeks time, I truly feel that there's an evil presence. There's an evil organization, evil group, bad people, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it nefarious actors, bad actors, bad people. Who've infiltrated, infected uh echelons of government, academia. And I've been saying it before these murders. Like, there's a problem in Salt Lake City, they've infected neighborhoods, academia, like, just taken things from people. And that was I was homeless um on Halloween pretty much. So two weeks went by and then these murders happened. But the experiences that I had in Salt Lake City and with the University of Utah police of being followed, I was living in the student apartments um, at the University of Utah as of I moved out on, what, September 19th or something like that. So I've been away for about three months now, but um, I lived there from 2021 until September 2022. And so like a year and a half, pretty much, right? you're in nine months like after graduating from the university of utah and just being like basically you can't live in the student apartments anymore i was being followed okay and there's nobody that will ever change my mind about this There, there's nothing anyone can say there's no evidence there's no anything that anyone can present to me They'll say like, "See, you're cr- you were imagining it the whole time. It it will not happen." I started being followed on August twelfth. I know this, and um, it. I thought it had something to do with a car repossession. I don't know, or possibly eBay for all the negative things I say about eBay. And if you're not familiar, eBay has um, like like C level. Sea level uh, people who are in prison who pled guilty to interstate cyber stalking. Uh, the the head of security pled guilty to stalking people for years, uh, um, terrorizing people. Like it exists, man. These tech companies get up to some nefarious, twisted shit, man. And I thought maybe it was related to that. I was being followed because I just what adamantly hate ebay um i can't stand them (laughs) go back and listen to all those episodes starting on april 16th because that's when this all started happening for me um but yeah again my point to all this is i don't know who's responsible who it is who's following me who they are i don't know luckily my brother kind of rescued me from Salt Lake City got me a plane ticket. Like, let's get you off the streets. If what you're saying is true, get let's get you out of here. You're going to a farm, in Arizona. I'm gonna dump you. On, I'm gonna maroon you on a farm, and you can feed the goats and chickens and do all that stuff. Get yourself a a job and start over again. And that was kind of divine intervention because I think my fingers were starting to. But during all that, I was being attacked in my sleep through. Um, Different, different uh, methods of non-lethal weapons from a distance. Um, I don't know why, really. Was it a repo, repo company? Was it not? I, I don't know. Was it eBay? I, I have no clue. I could have just made the wrong people upset. I could have talked too much. I could have said something wrong. I could have joked around about something I wasn't supposed to. I could have been making too much money at one point. Um, between November and April... I was doing alright for myself. Up until I had a Grand Slam lined up. eBay ruined it. And now I'm, I can't get out of this hole, man. Um, fate is fate. Whatever. Uh, and that's life. But I, my, my point, again, to all this is I would not say this if I didn't experience it for myself and that experience of evil. Of, of just a bad feeling. Of people that... Disregard other people's lives for money, for profit, for greed, for, for whatever reason. Whatever It's just probably a stupid reason, too. Uh, most likely, it's probably going to be for money. I think Steve Goncalves is starting to recognize this. The corruption, the cover-up. I told the University of Utah police, and it's a broken record from here on out. You guys are going to hear the same story, but I told the University of Utah police I was being followed, and they did not care. I came to realize a few, uh, about a month later, that the University of Utah has the most stalking cases of any university in Utah, the most stalking cases, and they don't have the most students. I just thought to myself, huh, well, that makes sense. Because they didn't believe me that I was being followed by trucks, um, cars, individuals on the street. Like, I was being followed and stalked and harassed and, like just terrorized for months weeks days hours on end just non-stop and it's the worst man and i don't know what i who specifically i don't know who i made upset specifically or if i'm just part of some research and development type scheme or was part of it like it it has subsided since i've come to arizona thank god at the same time i still like raise my yeah i still have questions and raise the eyebrows here and there but that experience like opened my eyes to the world um to like the sick twisted possibility of just bad actors men who do not care about other people's lives they don't care about any of your accomplishments any of your effort anything they don't care about your drama they don't care about your sad stories they don't care about your happy stories they don't care about any of it they will kill you for money they will kill you because you said the wrong thing they'll kill you wrong place wrong time as i believe ethan Chapman was i don't think he was supposed to be there that night I don't think, I think he was caught in the mix. I think they might have said something drunk, mouthed off, said something, gotten involved with some money scheme, pyramid scheme, something. A scam, some internet shit. I'll tell you what, I totally agree with the forensic coroner, attorney, whatever. Um, uh, retired nurse or ex-nurse, ER nurse, the alcohol and drug, um, toxicology reports or results, the toxicology reports I think are basically irrelevant. If they died in their sleep without stab wounds and no one, there's no physical and they died all, all four of them died in their beds. Yeah did they eat something bad did they drink some yeah let's look into those toxicology results they were stabbed to death (laughs) so it's not going to make much of it okay they had they had weed in their system they had alcohol in their system they had cocaine in their system methamphetamine um pills opiates i don't think it matters at all in fact um I think it is crucial to get into Kaylee's phone, I think, if they can. If it's an iPhone, I don't know if that's even possible, but... um, Well, it's possible. <laughs> but I don't know if the... the um, Like, authorities know it's possible. But yeah, there's definitely tools out there that can get in through Bluetooth or hack your phone just through proximity, and I've said this in so many past episodes, it's... Uh, that's how it happens, I think. Once you're a target, once you're targeted, you're a targeted individual, they'll get into your phone, they'll do whatever, they'll follow you around, they'll terrorize you, they'll kill you. In your sleep, I was trying to be killed in my sleep. People were trying to kill, to kill me in my sleep. They're using some sort of non-lethal weapons, but they're combining those weapons to make it lethal. And I don't know the specifics behind it. I can't give you any... <laughs> like ultra specific details because I don't know. All I know is I'd wake up in the middle of the night feeling extremely uncomfortable. Like my forehead's hot, my face is hot, my fingers are hot. My fingers would just kill me. They were just killing me in the, in the, in the middle of the night. My fingers are what woke me up. There was so much in so much pain. And so I'd crack everything up and start moving. Um was targeted they got into my phone they they could track me anywhere i went even with location services off find my iphone off all the services are turned off there they were four in the morning uh, seven in the evening 2 a.m 3 a.m 8 a.m 9 a.m it didn't matter what time it didn't matter where i was in salt lake city they were there and they were following me around in their newer style trucks just Circling around, watching me, trying to get close to me, trying to get into my phone, trying to plant something in my phone there's bad people out there man, and if one of these four students got caught in the mix with something similar, some online scheme or something some tech hack something identity theft, something they said the wrong thing, they got tripped up, they gave that someone got into their accounts and saw how much money they had, something. And they thought, this will be easy. I'll follow them around. I'll I'll get to know them. I'll get to know their patterns, watch them, kill them in their sleep. We're done. (laughs) That's what happened. And my experience with the University of Utah Police and their just inept uh, misconduct, in my opinion... I can only imagine that the University of Idaho police are the same thing. And the liability is so high for four students that were killed. And if any one of those students, if not all four, said, yeah, there's people following me. I have a stalker, like Kaylee Goncalves said she had. Then that's millions of dollars in settlements and lawsuits and just the police chief has to resign. All of it for the University of Idaho, a big, huge blemish and demerit on just the University of Idaho nationally. Rec- they'll be recognized as the corrupt institution. It's In the same way, Penn State, uh, Paterno. They have, it's evil. It's infected academia. It's infected government. Every single echelon, from the top to the bottom, teachers, family life, Students, police, private sector, public sector, all of it, man. It's so bad and somebody messed up here. The killer or killers messed up here because they underestimated the public concern and public outcry if they just made off like made made out like bandits, scot-free. They don't get caught, there's no evidence, there's no anything. They're gone. And they're just like, Then that's just another cold case. But it's not. It's turned into like, the nation wants answers and it's been over a month and nobody has them and the police are trying, don't, don't start doing, uh, don't start doing rewards and stuff because uh, we don't want anyone to solve this case. If they're anything as stupid as the University of Utah police are or were, when I tried to contact them... They still are. Trust me on that. But as stupid as they were, when I contacted them to tell them that there's trucks following me, there's people, there's a man trying to break into my car, <laughs> like, here's an email. An hour later, I see the same man call the police. Like, he, he didn't do it. He lives here. He couldn't have done it. It's like, how do you... I promise you he didn't do that. Like, how can you promise me that? Did you see? Did you... I saw him trying to break into my car Or do something with my door He was doing something to my car That man was right there I saw him I emailed you guys about it And an hour later he's still there in the parking lot Walking away on the sidewalk Grinning at me I promise you he didn't do anything He promise you It's like you police are corrupt You police are <laughs> It's misconduct man and that was my experience with the University of Utah police. I can only imagine what it's like with the University of Idaho police. And I can only imagine what it's like in a, in a, a small college town where there's no quadruple homicides. An ex-ER nurse doing the autopsy, saying they're, they're not stab wounds. They're more like just gouges. It's like, ah, Why? And just no one knows anything, no one's got anything, just a white Hyundai Elantra. I don't know, man, it doesn't add up. And I think Steve Goncalves is on to him, too. Good for him. Good for him for speaking up and speaking out, because they are trying to, to sweep this case and these murders under the rug. They're trying to get the public to forget about it. The school is going to close down for winter break, Christmas vacation, Come back next semester and hope everything is just forgotten about. And it won't be. It'll be even worse if there's not some sort of suspect who's arrested or it's just something. But that white car is in someone's garage or it's in a storage unit or it's in the bottom of a lake. We need to start waking up. We need to start opening our eyes. We can't be surveilling everyone at all times. We just need to know who our neighbors are and start paying attention a little bit more. And stop being just so trusting all the time. There's charity, there's generosity, but sometimes we trust people way too easily here in the United States. And we expect other, the, like a reciprocated type of emotion, but people take advantage of people, and there's bad people out there who don't care about you or your life or your family's life or anything about you. They don't care. They want your money, they want your house, and they want your car. They want it all for free, for nothing. They don't want to put the work in, but they want to capitalize on everything that you've done in your life. I'm telling you this. And I learned all this being homeless in Salt Lake City and being targeted by bad actors, nefarious people who have just bad, evil intentions. And I'm telling you, Salt Lake City is in close proximity to Idaho. There's something bad going on there. And I don't trust it at all. I don't trust the police. Thanks so much for listening. To all your friends, thanks again for listening. You guys are the coolest. to Yeah, it was a long day. It was a longer day. Um, lots of just kind of, yeah, monotonous stuff, tedious stuff. I did see two F-35s today, though. You know, i a good one. There's two F-35s flying in the air. I caught a picture of them, too. The picture is going to be, a, yeah, the picture that I used for this episode, no. It's not going to be... Well, I'll use it for a different. Ep- I'll use it for tomorrow's episode or something. And then tomorrow morning's episode if I do one in the morning. Yeah, yeah. No, I probably won't do one tomorrow morning. Um, the work. I work now. I, I can't do an. No, I can't do an episode tomorrow morning because I'll be at my work. I'll be working. No, I. I feel so bad for the families of these four students that were killed, because. I think there's a lot of. I think with Moscow, well, I. I I think some mistakes were made and we all learn from our mistakes, but I think there's certain protocols that weren't followed here and that mistakes were made that probably maybe tainted the scene, maybe whatever. But like, it's all speculation, right? Because there's no answers. What are we supposed to do? Just sit and wait for the police? No, you can't sweep it under the rug. Anyway, Anyway, I think mistakes were made. I just feel bad for the family. So we'll, we'll talk about other stuff tomorrow. Um, it's sad. I feel I just felt bad, and so I, I wanted to focus this whole episode. And I hope I did. I hope I did an okay. Time. I hope you guys appreciated my efforts. I mean, it's been a long day for me. Two F F-35s. Um, <laughs> I Spent what six dollars on a freaking quesad- quesadilla from Taco Bell. It was like five fifty for just like okay, it's a tortilla and cheese, five dollars and fifty cents. Like no. Last time I do that. Anyway, on bright note, high note yeah make sure to tell all your friends if you enjoyed it if you think it's interesting funny informative tell all your friends spread the word the Bling Bear podcast thanks so much for listening you guys are the coolest good luck to you